All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. What a terrific Tuesday afternoon. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show. Sports 1440 and coming to you live at Oilers Nation YouTube. If you are watching right now at Oilers Nation YouTube, you will be seeing the brand new, the first sports 1440 hat. I have the blue one. Connor Halley will get you on uh, screen so we can show everybody the white one. We will have two. Uh, give those away to some of our uh, loyal listeners. Looking pretty sharp. I like it. So uh, fresh off the uh, the hat presses, shall we say. There's uh, the con man uh, in the white. And uh, away we go. We might have got to get your uh, camera. I think I've got to get a little uh, clearer. It looks a little fuzzy. So we'll... Uh, that might just be my face. Right. No, 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 I don't think so. Because the uh, the lettering isn't as crisp as sharp. So see, yeah, see, it looks a little blurry. So we'll have to... Uh, have to focus. This looks like it needs to be focused a bit, right? We don't want you looking like Daniel Jones, a little blurry <laughs> last night. So, whew, if you're a Giants fan, oh, Struddy, Struddy, hey, you know what? Struddy's got two hours to hype himself up to come on to talk about. Uh, uh, last night, it was definitely uh, Danny Deuce. Uh, coming up on the show today, Carrie Joseph, a former CFL QB. He, of course, guess what? He's the quarterback's coach in Seattle. So a uh, perfect timing to have him on the show talking about Geno Smith and the uh, the offense for Seattle. Uh, might have to ask him about their defense. Oh, my goodness. It was sack-o-rama. Everybody, it was like Oprah Winfrey last night. Everybody was getting sacks. It was crazy. So we'll talk to him. Uh, also, Alexis Downey will be by. Uh, we'll continue our Pacific preview. We'll stop in Anaheim now that Trevor Zegers has signed 5.75 for the next three years. And I'll tell you why I actually like this deal for the Ducks. I see a lot of people freaking out. Oh, you got to get them long term. 
I actually think there's reasons why this actually uh, might work out for them. Uh, Sean Brown, of course, will be joining us in studio from 3 to 5 o'clock today. Uh, Dave McCarthy from SiriusXM, his weekly Tuesday stop-in. We'll hear from uh, Strutty at 420 Spec. Uh, DVD will be by. So uh, lots of hockey talk, of course. It's also the beginning of Major League Baseball playoffs today. The uh, Jays and Minnesota set to go in about 36 minutes from now. Texas is uh, leading Tampa Bay 1-0 as we speak. They are the uh, first game in the uh, the wild card round. So, And then later on tonight, Arizona's in Milwaukee. And, of course, Miami is in Philly. So if you're a baseball fan, this is unbelievable. You got four games today. It's fantastic. Now, two at the same time, so... Might have to have the old uh, PBR working, go back and forth, and then fast forward. But the games are so quick now, it's hard to catch up. Before, you used to be able to, oh, man, I could miss an inning. And, you know, I'd be gone for an hour, and I'd miss an inning and a half. Now you're gone for an hour, you miss three innings. So it's way better. Way better. Uh, Edmonton Oilers, last night in Seattle. Jack Campbell, again, the star of the game. That is two starts, two wins, Two goals against for JC. He stopped 66 to 68. It's not like he's had two wins and he's getting no action. Seattle dominated that game last night. Now, the orders capitalized on their chances. They didn't have a lot, but when they did, they scored. But man, Jack Campbell made what? Five, six really good saves. And the thing about Jack Campbell was to me, he looked very poised, very controlled in the pipes. And, and you see him in, in, you know, all throughout camp this year, he he seems like a lot more relaxed guy. And I think he talked openly about how much of his issues maybe were between the years. He puts a lot of pressure on himself and rarely is that good. Now, you can have high standards, but you don't want to blame yourself. You want to enjoy the fact that you're in the National Hockey League. And Jack Campbell's a pretty good goalie. So, you know what? The Edmonton Orders, hey, they need both Campbell and Skinner to play well. Stuart Skinner held up his end of the bargain last year. Jack Campbell does it this year, and, and Skinner can. Skinner doesn't have to be better. That would be nice, but he doesn't have to be better than last year. If he if he would end the season at a nine fourteen save percentage, he'd be very happy, very happy. But uh, Jack Campbell, I'm telling you, that's two starts and two really good starts. Xavier Borgo had a pair of goals. He's played five preseason games, the most of any forward. And uh, today he was uh, sent to Bakersfield. He wasn't going to make the opening uh, night lineup for the Orders. And I know people are like, well, he just got two goals. Why would you send him down? Because they know where he's destined to be. He's going to be in the American League, and he's going to be starting the season on their top line. That game, you know what? He feels good about himself. He'll go down there with a lot of confidence saying, you know what? I made an impression. I got noticed. That's good. That's what you want. So I thought uh, Burgo, solid game for him last night. And not not just the goals. I thought overall was good. Obviously, his second goal, pretty nice shot. Really nice pass from uh, Philip Broberg and... Um, you know, you you can see the goals right now as we're talking about it uh, on our uh, Oders Nation YouTube. If you want to uh, check it out as we uh, as we discuss it, because Borgo, like man, you know the first one. Hey, Gleason comes down, makes a great play, by the way, and we'll get to him in a second. And Borgo, just what do you do? You go to the net, stick on the ice, be ready, slaps it home. Nice goal. But uh, I really like that play from Gleason twofold. He blocks a shot in his own zone, and then he skates all the way up the ice. Doesn't try to force a pass. Looks and says, hey, I got the shooting lane. He didn't shoot the pad per se, but he shot far side where if it doesn't go in, it's going to be a rebound and Borgo was right there. And then on the uh, on the second goal, hey, 
What more do you want, man? That's a really nice pass from Philip Broberg and a great finish from Borgo. And that's, hey, that's why he was drafted 22nd overall. They think he's going to be a shooter. So I know that there's, there's some people that get impatient. Oh my God, the draft pick. He's got to be there. He's got to be ready right away. No, no, especially when you're on a good team. It's a lot harder. Right? If, if this was 2013 to 2016, Philip Broberg would already have been playing top four minutes and the orders would have sucked. Not because of him, but because their team isn't good. When you have to put a rookie or a young player and put him in that big of a role early on, your team isn't that good. Now, unless they're like elite of elite, like Kale McCarr, for the most part, doesn't matter. So I look at Philip Broberg. I remember, you know, after the opening game, remember Bo Aiki, hey, look good. And people, oh my God, Bo Aiki's way better than Broberg. Mm, might want to pump the brakes on that. Might want to pump the brakes on that. Bo Aiki was an exciting young player, but he doesn't defend like Broberg. Doesn't skate like Broberg. Now he handles the puck and that's his strength, man. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's like Gleason, right? Gleason, I give him credit. This guy was an undrafted player. He's 25 years of age. In 2018-19, he got four games in the NHL with Dallas. Since then, he's played four years in the American League. He's played quite well, and he was just looking for a different opportunity. Now, it's really hard to make the Edmonton orders, but I'll say this. Right now, if the Edmonton orders set their 21-man roster, and then a week in, a defenseman got hurt, I think Gleason would be the first guy recalled based on the way he's played. Now, in two months, that might be different. Maybe Nima Linen has played better by then. Maybe Phil Kemp has played better by then. But right now, I think Gleason, no doubt, would be the uh, the first D-man recalled based on the way he's played. He's uh, He's been solid. He's got poise with the puck. It got good offensive instincts. Skates well. Moves the puck well. Not afraid to shoot. I liked it. Other guys last night, I thought Raphael Lavoie. You know what? I know everybody out there will, hey, he got his time with McDavid. Yep. In the third period. Good for him. The uh, In the first two periods, the orders generated nothing, so I understood why the coach changed up the lines. Absolutely nothing was going. They weren't doing very, very much at all. And uh, the coach switched up the lines, and it worked. They got three goals in the third period. One empty net, but still, three goals. And, you know, Raphael Lavoie, when I look at the other guys involved, I think Raphael Lavoie, like, what has he done? He's been decent defensively. I haven't seen any major errors defensively. And he's shooting the puck. No one shot the puck more five on five than Raphael Lavoie. That's what you want. He's getting opportunities to shoot the puck. Obviously, he has a goal. Bonus. But he's creating chances. He's shooting the puck. That's his best asset. And he's using it. So I've had no problem with Raphael Lavoie's game. My only issue is I'm not sold that Derek Ryan's a center. Now, he can do it for a few games, sure. But if we're thinking outside the box, and just stick with me for a second. I'm thinking outside the box. You could play. Now, there's a negative to this, but I'll get to it in a sec. What if you played McLeod when he's, and he, let's say he gets health and he's back in? And then you could have Dylan Holloway at center. You could put Derek Ryan with Fogel and McLeod. They were lining in the playoffs. And then you could have Lavoie with Holloway and Yanmark. I don't mind that. Now, and, and here's the other thing. Like Dylan Holloway, the way he's played, he deserves to be higher in the line than your fourth line. I totally get it. But he doesn't kill penalties. Guys like Evander Kane, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Zach Hyman, they do kill penalties. So to get Holloway more involved, what if he takes one of their places for a shift after the penalty kill in your top six? You could do that. All right, so just some options. Jay Woodcroft has options. I'd like Dylan Holloway's game all throughout the postseason. I mean, the, the preseason, excuse me. 
He's played very well. He was he was easily their best forward for the first 40 minutes, not, not even close. So I liked Holloway's game. I like Gleason. Jack Campbell, I thought. Jack Campbell, from start to finish in the preseason, has been without question the best order. Now it's preseason. Everyone's going to say, Gregor, it's preseason. Yeah, you're right. And now this is not, and I'm, I'm going to just give you a little trip down memory lane because I'm sure many of you re- will remember these situations. All right, Magnus Pajarvi. Hat trick in the fall of 2010. And everybody's like, eee, Pyarvi's going to be awesome. Remember, he was one of the members of Hope. Yeah. Alex Plant had four assists in two games that same year in the preseason. In 2011, Linus Omark, the spinorama one, he had five points, four preseason games. Remember Yessi Yuensu, order fans? Two goals, three points in three games in 2014. What about Anton Lander? Remember when he lit it up? Five goals, six points in five preseason games in 2015. Thomas Yurko. Three goals, five points in 2019. Brandon Lamborghini Perlini. Five goals, six points in five games in 2021. And the greatest unexpected preseason ever, well, at least in the 2000s, by an order, Tie the answer, Ratty, when he had seven goals, 11 points, and only four preseason games. This guy's going to be a 40-goal scorer. Now, those were young players or unproven NHLers at that point. Jack Campbell's a proven NHL defense, or, or sorry, goaltender. He's looking to rebound from a bad season. The reason I think that his preseason matters is for twofold. A, both his games have been on the road. He's faced... You know, better players than you would at home. He's faced a lot of Calgary's top guys, not all. Seattle had Beneers and Eberly and McCann. They had their top guys in the lineup last night. He faced some good chances and he stood tall. He's been confident. He's been poised. He's been very consistent in his two starts. I get that it's only two, but you have to start somewhere. What are you going to say? Wow, I'm not going to be impressed until it's Christmas time. I guess so. But he needs to start somewhere. Would you rather Jack Campbell be fighting the puck and letting in pucks all the time? No. You'd rather him playing well, entering the season with confidence. That's what you want. That's what the orders need. So I really like Jack Campbell. I think he's been the best oiler in the preseason. So that, to me, is a good sign. It is the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Alberta's only regulated online gambling website where a uh, little MLB playoffs, get in on it, have some fun at playalberta.ca. Stay within your limits. Uh, you can always get involved. You can text us at 833-401-1440. That is the, uh, the number, our text line, or you can also uh, call that phone number for sure. Hey, Greg, some people are complaining about Drysaddle's penalty. I love him. He's engaged in being a jerk in the preseason. Also, Holloway be ideal for C. Having McDavid, McLeod, Drysaddle, Holloway would be the best skating centers in the league from Ontario Moms. And it was just an idea. Like, you know, I've liked Dylan Holloway. I think he probably deserves to be higher. But, and, and maybe McLeod starts as your fourth line center because he hasn't had a lot of preseason action, right? So, we'll see. Hey, guys, love that you're back. Do you have any sp- plans to have a sports 1440 golf tourney next year? Well, baby steps. We'll look at things. Might be a possibility. 
something we could uh, consider for sure. So we will uh, we'll have to see how it goes. Hey, Gregor, aside from a year and a half, Toronto, Campbell's always been a backup. Robbie. Really? No. I never knew that. I'm not sure what the point is. If Jack Campbell, Stuart Skinner, if he's the starter and he's getting paid 2.6 and Jack Campbell's the backup, he's getting paid 5, does it matter? Still 7.6 million for your two goalies. I don't see the real issue. If Skinner was making 5, sure. Then it might be an issue. But it's not for a few years. Now, when Skinner's contract's up, then it can be an issue. Totally valid. But, so Jack Campbell was a starter when for the last year and a half prior to being signed. Does that mean he can't be a starter again? If anybody out there can say with confidence that they know what's going to happen for most goaltenders this year, let's do it. Let's write, give me your predictions on all the goalies. Because sure, if you want to say Sorokin's going to be good and Ottinger's going to be good and Saros is going to be good and Shesterkin, sure. What about Jacob Markstrom? Which Jacob Markstrom showing up? The 918, the 904, the 922, the 892. Which one? I don't know. Jack Campbell was pretty consistent at the end of the year. He'd have his dips and his peaks in a, in a season, just like he did last year. Obviously, he had more dips than peaks. I don't need Jack Campbell to stand on his head. It would be great, but I don't need it. I honestly don't think the orders need it. Just need him to be steady. And then they hope that one of him or Skinner can do what Aiden Hill did and other goalies who just gets hot at the right time. It's all that matters to me. Hey, boys, you think the orders go with a true 1AB goalie platoon with both playing around 40, or they pick the hot goalie and go forward with whoever it may be from Cody? It's a good question, Cody. I honestly don't know. I think the orders, I, I expect Stuart Skinner to start opening night. I think they will look and say, hey, he was our starter last year. He Well, at the end of the season, he earns the opportunity to start game one. If Jack Campbell plays light out, outs again, I, regardless of what Stuart Skinner does in game one, I think they're going to play Jack Campbell in game two. Because you don't, A, you don't want to go too long, right? And the orders play on Wednesday, but then they don't play until Saturday the 14th. So Jack Campbell, if he does play Friday, that's eight days, right? You don't want guys going too much longer than that. So it's a good question. You know, 48-34 was last year's split. I think that would probably be the high end, barring an injury. But I could easily see it being 44-38, 43-39, maybe even 42-40, depending on how they're playing. But Stuart Skinner is in his second season. It's not a lock that he's automatically the starter come hell or high water all year long. He's got to continue to to play well, which is a great problem to have. Great problem to have. Just like Jack Campbell. Hey, it's a great start, but it means nothing once the regular season starts. He's got to be consistent. That's what we'll look for. Take a quick break. When we come back, the quarterback's coach, quarterback assistant coach for the uh, Seattle Seahawks, Kerry Joseph, former CFLer, joins us next on the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, live on Sports 1440 and Orders Nation YouTube. Thanks Welcome back. Tuesday edition of the Jason Greger Show, Sports 1440. And, of course, on Orders Nation YouTube. If you're there, hit the subscribe button. We're just shy of 17K, which is nice. So uh, let's rock and roll. 
Be giving a few hats away to some subscribers. So, hey, get in there. Enjoy it. Lots of fun. Interaction. Of course, uh, feel free to get in the uh, comment sections. Of course, uh, the con man and uh, Declan are always monitoring it throughout the show. So, be lots of fun. Now, let's get to our football report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. Stay warm all winter. Don't wait till it cops out. Get a new one now at LegacyHeating.ca. We are joined by a gentleman who is a, a Grey Cup champion. He also now is assistant uh, quarterbacks coach for the Seattle Seahawks, fresh off a convincing victory last night. Uh, Kerry Joseph joins us. Kerry, welcome back to the show, man. Uh, long time no chat. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How you guys are doing, man? It's It's been a minute. Uh, but thank you for having me on. Hey, I'm very, you're looking great. You know, still in shape. Obviously, you're you're running, maybe uh, hitting the gym a little bit. So, uh, so that's all good. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's start. Like, obviously, you were a player for a long time at the quarterback position, and you know, I, I do find that some of the best quarterbacks coaches are guys who played the position because I think they really understand, you know, all the pressure that goes with it and the nuances of playing that position was coaching something you always thought about doing or did this kind of something that after your career, you're like, Hey, you know what? I want to kind of start looking at this. I actually started looking into it when I was in the back end of my career. Uh, in my time in Edmonton, I was there while Cavis Reed was the head coach. And, uh, he kind of started grooming me a little bit for the coaching profession. And uh, he just talking to me about it, showing me the, you know, showing me the ropes. And that's when I really started having the love of just wanting to pour back into the game and pour back into guys uh, as they develop and, uh, and grow in, into their careers. So, Kerry, when, when I look at uh, Geno uh, Smith right now in Seattle, I, I see a lot of similarities. You know, when I look at kind of where he really started to excel at the stage of his career is kind of similar to, to your path, obviously in a different league. But you, you kind of see that. Uh, do you see some similarities at all in how you played and how Geno plays? Well, you know what, Geno uh, is a great football player. And I look at the path that he has taken, and it does compare a little bit to mine uh it is a little different but i didn't really blossom until later in my career so uh so i think that that's what give us connection because i can talk about that i can uh i can relate to where he is right now as a football player and you know what he went through what he's going through now and i just try really try to be that coach and also uh just be that that listening ear for him as he continues to go through this process and continue to flourish Kerry Joseph joins assistant QB coach for the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, let, let's start last night, because, but I do want to start not with your offense. I have to ask you about your defense, Kerry. It was like Sacarama. You guys are standing on the sidelines. Oh, my goodness. It was just Sack Haven. As a quarterback who knows how it is to feel pressure, when you see a defense that's just that relentless, uh, how exciting is it when it's at least your defense that's doing it? You know what? It's really fun to watch. Uh, sitting up there in the press box and just being around the defensive coaches that's in the box and the excitement and the joy that they're having watching their guys get after the quarterback is, is really fun. Now on the other side, it's not so, it's not a lot of fun. When you know you got those defensive linemen and blitzes coming at you and it's tough, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, you're a good football player, but you're a human being. And you start to sense that pressure and it's tough on you as a quarterback, but it was, it was fun to watch last night. Uh, and I'm glad it was our guys that was doing the second. Kerry, when did you reach a time when you became comfortable knowing the pressure was there? 
Because get it, I don't care who you are. No quarterback loves to get hit. But eventually you accept that that's part of the gig. And some guys just get more comfortable and they hold on to the ball that extra half second. And that can be the difference sometimes in completions and, and, and incompletions. How long did it take or did it fluctuate from year to year depending on your comfortable uh, comfortability in the pocket when the blitz is all around you? I think I, I think it's a week. It's a week-to-week, it's a year-to-year deal uh, because you know you signed up for it. You know as a quarterback going into a season that you're going to get hit. You're going to have to hang in the pocket and take that shot when you see it coming. But you know because of the timing of the concept that if I just hang in there another half count, I can throw this ball and get the completion to my receiver. So it's just really a mentality of knowing that uh, that it's going to happen and just trusting yourself and your ability, but also tr- trusting the guys that are front in front of you that's blocking for you to get the job done. I think when you can do that, it eases your mind, it slows your mind down to know that, hey, I might get hit, but I know I'm going ha- to have that extra half count. When you work with Geno Smith, Kerry, and how much of it is, you know, finding out just, hey, which throws he's comfortable with? Because every quarterback's comfortable a little bit more with certain throws at different times. Obviously, you want to make every throw, but there's some that are a little bit more go-to uh, for every quarterback, and they can be different. How do you kind of work with your QB to either focus in on the ones he likes or improve the ones that maybe he's not overly confident in? You know what? You, you if he's not if he's not very confident in it, maybe it's something that you don't do. You know, is you don't try to. Uh, uh, fit a round peg in a square hole. You know, it's like, okay, and we give them that freedom, you know, and we talk about that. If it's something that you're not comfortable with, there's a lot of past concepts. There's a lot of throws that we can make uh, within our offense. Hey, let's not do it. Let's put something else in that he's comfortable with. I think that's the, that's the biggest part I've learned about coaching, even as a player. You know, I didn't like when a coach tried to force a concept on me okay. if I didn't see it clearly. And if I wasn't comfortable with it, because think about it, if I don't complete that pass over a three-day period while we're in preparation for that game, the percentage of me complete, completing that pass on game day is probably about zero. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you, you always give the quarterback that two at the end of the week. Like, what are you comfortable What are you not comfortable with? Because I think it's more important to know what he's not comfortable with than uh than what he is and and sometimes that can change does it change based on the defense that you're you're going to face that week yeah it it, it always changes because of the defense you know as a as an offensive coach you're going to have a core set of plays that you like to run that's good against any defense but then you're going to have your game plan your game plan plays that you know it's for specific defenses and you know, you just want your quarterback to be comfortable. And, you know, our offensive coordinator and uh, our quarterback coach, Greg Olson, they do a great job of putting their heads together and figuring out the best plan that fits our players. Kerry Joseph joins us, assistant quarterbacks coach for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Kerry, I have to ask you about uh, your head coach, who is, just seems to be kind of you know, like the ageless wonder, Pete Carroll, who's, you know, I know his birth certificate says he's 72, but, uh, man, that guy, he's running around the field like he's a 52-year-old. How, how, how enthusiastic is Pete? And are you surprised at just uh, how engaged he is all the time? It doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, before I had a chance to meet him, I heard a lot about him. And he measures up. His, uh, his video matches up to his audio. 
so it doesn't surprise me how authentic he is when he's out there with the energy. And he's just like a kid having fun. And he wants the players to be that way. He wants the coaches to be that way. And he sets the tempo with that, you know, of, of going out there, running around, throwing the football around when he when he gets the chance. And he loves he just loves being around. Yeah, I definitely could see that. Uh, we lost Kerry Joseph. We'll try to uh, reconnect with him uh, in a second. And you know what? It is funny when you watch Pete Carroll and just how enthusiastic he is all the time. And it's not an act, right? Like you, you know, that guy is there. It's six in the morning, and he's there all the time. And and Kerry's back with us. And Kerry, uh, you know, it's, it's great to have that type of enthusiasm, regardless of your age. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had Warren Moon on the show. Well, of course, uh, Hall of Fame quarterback, and he believes there are a lot of good quarterbacks, but he think he believes the biggest challenge is there's not enough patience to develop quarterbacks. It's an extremely difficult position, and there's lots of guys who come out of college, they're high draft picks, they're thrown in, and a lot of times it's like, you know, they're being fed to the wolves, and there isn't enough time taken in their development. I think Geno Smith might be a prime example of that, that it just, sometimes it doesn't hurt learning the game on the sidelines, right? Can, can you maybe talk to, about that as a guy who developed, a, you know, or maybe just got more comfortable later in his career, and how much of that was just learning the game either through practice and reps, the film room, or more just watching it from the sidelines? I think it's very important. Uh, I think the unfortunate thing for some guys is you get, you get drafted, you get put into a position where you have to play right now. Uh, and it's tough. It's tough when that happens because at the end of the day, everybody wants to win. Uh, everybody makes business decisions and they want to get the best, they want to get the best out of their investment. Uh, but at some times, some, but sometimes it's better for a guy to be able to see the game, understand the game at the NFL level, uh, and develop from there. Sometimes you have guys that it's better for them to play. You know, it's better for them to play, go through the growing pains, uh, to develop, but it's you got to know that guy. You got to know his mentality, his makeup, because I think it can break some guys if you don't have a lot of success early. Some guys can recover from it. Some guys never recover from it. You know, so you just got to be careful, and you just got to know your player. You got to know the person more than anything. I think with Gino, you know, Gino is in a situation where when he came into the league, uh, it wasn't a great situation for him. He was in a tough city. You know, he comes to Seattle. He gets to sit behind Russell Wilson for a couple of years, watch the way Russell led, the way he played the game. But one thing about Geno, and people don't know, is Geno always prepared like he was a starter. So when he got his chance to be the guy, nothing was new for him because he was already, he was already preparing that way. Kerry Joseph joins assistant quarterbacks coach for the Seahawks. And Kerry, last year there was 72 different quarterbacks who started a game in the NFL. That's like an average of over two per team. Uh, Drew Locke is the, is the, your backup right now. And obviously, you know what? Uh, the only, the only way he gets in maybe is if you guys are blowing someone out or, or you're getting blown out potentially late in the game, barring injury. And no one ever wants to wish an injury on him. But as a quarterbacks coach, how do you ensure and how can you know if your backup is fully prepared and ready to get in in case your your starter goes down. You no, know, you never you never truly know. Okay. Until that moment comes. Uh, but the best thing, the best thing that you can do, and what we do, is to make sure Drew is prepared 
to make sure he, you know, even though he's limited in reps, he's not limited in phys- I mean, in, in mental reps of uh, being able to see his uh, his progressions, being able to see the pitcher. Uh, so we really make sure we spend a lot of time that he gets his throws in, whether it be during practice, post practice, uh, and it's all about just getting him prepared. So, uh, and, and like you said, hopefully that time never has to come until it's his time. But you just do what you can, you know, off the field. And then, like I said, you just never really know until that person has to get in the ball game. As a you know, great cup ch- uh, champion and played in the CFL for a long time, uh, do you still find yourself uh, when you have time? I don't even know if you have much time. Are you, are you watching the games? You kind of know what's going on in the CFL. I don't get a chance to watch them that often. Often, but if it's if it's on, I turn to it. Uh, if not, I check the scores. I do keep track of it. I mean, you think about the writers. You know, I had a chance to win the great cup yeah. with them. Uh, Jeremy O'Day, who's the GM, was my center. You know, so you want to see guys that was that you played with. You want to see them succeed. So you all, you know, whenever I get a chance, I make sure I peek in and and check on the scores and see what's going on around the CFL. And lastly, I'm looking at just the evolution of the quarterback position. Now, the the NFL is kind of like what you played in the CFL, Kerry. It's more pass happy than ever before. And athletic quarterbacks, we see it all over the league now. There's very few pure pocket passers you've got like guys like pat mahomes who can throw with both hands at different times he's running sideways you know you got lamar jackson and you know geno smith's really athletic just the evolution of that position where where do you think the quarterback position goes in the next 10 to 15 years you know what it's 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 hard to say because it definitely has evolved i mean when you look at some of the things that we're doing right now and you see across the league and then uh I had this conversation with Henry Burris. It's like, man, we was doing that 20 years ago. <laughs> you know, and it, it, it has evolved into the NFL now. And I just think it's just the generation of guys that's playing the quarterback position. And coaches are starting to evolve around the players. Uh, and I think that's the thing that's, that's very important is how can you cater your system to the guys that are coming out of college to allow them to be successful? And I think that's just... I just think we got to see where it goes in, in 10, 20 years from now of, you know, who are the guys coming up to be quarterbacks? If it if it's more of a pocket passing quarterbacks, well, then you have to go back to more of a pocket passing pass, passing system. So uh, right now we're just in that generation of athletic, talented quarterbacks that can throw the ball down the field, that can hurt defenses with their legs, that has the mindset to to uh, to read defenses and and, uh, and, and, you know, and just predict what they see in front of them. And when you have a guy like that, like a Geno Smith that can do all of it, man, you have, you have yourself a winner. And uh, lastly, Kerry, when you watch the game, you look at the Miami Dolphins. Now, I know it's not the waggle, but, man, they got a lot of guys in motion. And I look at Lockett, and I look at Metcalf, and I you know, I look at, I like to call the third, a very athletic running back. Uh, as somebody who ran that and understands the advantages and the benefits of getting guys in motion, are we going to see even more of that, do you feel, moving forward? Is that the next phase of the offense in the NFL, taking more pages out of that uh, creativity of the CFL? I think it's coming. Uh you know, the, the only advantage that defensive guys have is you can only move one guy and he can't, he cannot be moving toward the line of scrimmage. So I think it gives the defensive an advantage there. But for an offense, I think when you start moving guys like that and teams want to play different coverages, 
now players have to learn to communicate. You know, and coaches, and, and when you do that, coaches can't help you on the field once that play has started. So I think that's the advantage you get with that, and I think that's what you see with Miami, especially with Miami, because look, you look at the guys they have doing it. They have some guys that can run. You know, and now, you know, they're getting you moving off your spot, having to communicate. And if you have second late with guys like that, you might get left behind. (laughs) (laughs) Very well said. Kerry, it's great to see you again, man, and uh, continued success. We hope to talk to you again soon. Have a great day. All right, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Hey, also, I forgot. Congratulations, man. You're going to the Hall of Fame. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? It's uh, the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah, got the announcement last week for the class of 2024. I'm pumped about it. Uh, it's going to be exciting times when it comes next year, uh, for the, uh, for the ceremony. But, you know, it just, it's just one of those things that you look back on your career, uh, and you see that the hard work, the dedication, the coaches, the players, my family, the people that you had supporting me along the way, it was all worth it. Yeah, well, definitely it was worth it, man. That's that's a huge honor. So congratulations. Enjoy that Thank you. with your family uh, next year. We appreciate it and continued success this season. Appreciate it, Jason. That is Kerry Joseph, of course, a great cup champion with the Riders, played for uh, Ottawa and Edmonton as well, and of course is now uh, with the Seattle Seahawks and uh, quarterback coach with them, assistant quarterbacks coach. And you know what? Uh, really always a smart guy. Like I like what he said about you know, seeing how the game's evolved and he kind of chuckles him and bursts. Man, you know, the quarterbacks, what they're doing now in the NFL is what you've seen in the CFL for a long time. There was lots of athletic guys. And I think it makes the NFL game better, no question. And when you look at how Miami runs and how often, even on running plays, they've got a guy in motion. Now, it's not exactly the same as a waggle because in the waggle, you could have two guys you can both be running the line of scrimmage. It's a big advantage for sure. And I do wonder, the NFL's made a lot of changes. Think about the rule change baseball made. Don't be surprised if we see, and it might only start with one guy, but I think the next rule change you might see offensively in the NFL is you're going to allow one guy and he's going to allow motion running towards the line of scrimmage. The NFL wants more points, man. They want more excitement. And trust me, that will do it. No question about it. That was our football report brought to you by Legacy Heating and cooling. Uh, when we return, we'll continue on our Pacific Division preview. And uh, we stop in a t- I actually like this deal. I like it a lot. I'll tell you why next on the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca live on Sports 1440 and Orders Nation YouTube. Big thanks again to the uh, Seahawks for uh, lining us up. Uh, Kerry Joseph really enjoyed that uh, conversation. QB coach. A good insight. Tough position to play, man. Really tough position to play. Let's get now to our uh, stats report brought to you by Next Gen Transportation. Heavy haul transport provider, 100% locally owned and operated, and they are hard. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. If you are looking, work for a great company with uh, people that are always looking... To promote from within, nextgentransportation.com. Check it out as we continue our Pacific Division preview. Some interesting numbers to crunch as we are joined by Alexis Downey. She is the uh, pre- and uh, post-game host for the Anaheim Ducks. Alexis, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, hopefully it's not too loud in here. I'm actually at our practice ring today, so... Now, where's the practice rink? Uh, how far, how close is it to the to the Ducks home facility? It's about 15 to 20 minutes, depending on traffic uh, away. It's in Irvine, California. Really beautiful uh, setup we have here. Four different rinks. Um, and it's, it's really, really beautiful. I wish I could show you the palm trees that are on the other side <laughs> of this camera. <laughs> well, no, yeah, I, I, I get it. I totally get it. Now, <laughs> I, I'm actually one. I saw a lot of people say, oh, I can't believe the Ducks inside. I actually like this contract, both for the Ducks and for Trevor Zegers, because I don't think Zegers was, uh, you know, it would have been hard to get Jack Hughes-like numbers at this stage uh, for him. Uh, maybe he would get it, but he gets three years and he still gets over 17 mil, so trust me, he'll be fine. But, and then for the Ducks, they get him now, and then if he crushes it and he signs a big contract, they're going to get him in his prime from 25 to 32 on an eight-year deal. I, I could see how there's benefits both ways. How do you see this, and how do you think Trevor Zegers sees this? Well, I can tell you Trevor's really happy. We actually got to speak with him this morning after he was on the ice a little bit with the uh, first time we saw him in training camp. And um, I think he's happy. He just seemed really excited. And I know from our perspective that I, I feel it's it's a good deal, too. I'm glad that we were able to get it done before the NHL regular, regular season starts uh, next week. And I think that the three years is a good time to, you know, see can Trevor continue to grow his game, not only offensively, but defensively. I know that's a big piece of emphasis in these next couple of years for him becoming more of a two-way player. Uh, but I think overall it's a good deal for both sides. And like I said, Trevor seems pretty happy with it. So Zegris and Troy Terry have been their two offensive leaders, uh, both with 60-plus points for the last two seasons. I don't necessarily see that changing. Um, now, Alex Kalorn was the big free agent signing in the summer. Unfortunately, he's going to miss, it looks like, uh, probably the first six weeks of the season. And I know Zegris hasn't been there, so this might be a tough question for you, Alexis. But who do you think, when uh, let's say Zegris gets up to speed, and I'm sure if he plays two preseason games, he'll be fine and ready to go. Who, what do you think would be the line to start the season for the Ducks, their top line? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like we're still at a point in training camp, too, where there are still some of these younger faces. I mean, Leo Carlson is still here. Uh, 
I think it's it's kind of hard to say, honestly. I, I think that's a tough question just because uh, they, they've been moving a lot around the lines a little bit. I know Ryan Strom has been up there too, uh, so maybe him on that top line. Um, but I, I feel like head coach Greg Cronin is still trying to figure things out. And I know that the lineup that uh, we have tonight against the LA Kings in this preseason game is a lot of NHL guys, so maybe that could be a little bit of an indicator uh, as to what we could see. Now, is Zegris going to play tonight? He is not playing tonight, no. Okay, not playing tonight. Um, I know it's early and it's preseason. There's lots of young guys coming in. But what's kind of the early impression? What's going to be the difference in Cronin's style as a coach compared to last year? How different are the Ducks going to look stylistically? Well, I think head coach Greg Cronin is just bringing a whole new light to this Anaheim Ducks team. He has all these different philosophies that he's preached at the American Hockey League level that he really is big on developing players. And we have so many young guys in the organization that are still working on their development. So I think that that philosophy is going to work really well with the team and those young guys. Uh, I think he brings a sense of toughness, too, that certainly the team needs. And I think that could be something that makes a difference this year as well. And I know that Pat Verbeek was very excited to bring Cronin in for that reason as well because they're similar philosophies there. I just think that there's really – it's only up this year for the Ducks. That's what I've, I've been saying. That's how a lot of the guys feel as well. And I think that there's a new sense of excitement just because of all the changes, and it's the 30th anniversary season, so they want to perform well in you know their New Jerseys at, uh, at home too at Honda Center. Alexis Downey joins us talking uh, Anaheim Ducks. And, you know, obviously the next step for them is to get Jamie Drysdale signed and, and want to get him into camp. And you, you mentioned, you know, going up. Pat Verbeek, the little ball of hate, man. That guy was highly competitive. Obviously, Cronin, everybody knows his background. Physical, tough guy. Did the Ducks... It, soft is probably too harsh of a word, Alexis, but is there was there thoughts within the organization that they had to become more consistently competitive? Yeah, I think definitely. And that's a big part of bringing in some of these offseason signings. I mean, a guy like Radko Gudis is someone that you want to play on your team with. You don't want to be playing against. And we've already seen that in the preseason. The the one game that he played uh, last week, just it got a little chippy. And uh, he stood up for our guys, especially Lukasz Dostal in the net after he took a hit. So I think that there is that veteran leadership this year that is going to push some of some of these guys and maybe some of the guys that are, you know, they've been here for a few years to take their game to the next level and just overall just be more competitive and, you know, battle for pucks a little bit more. I I just think it's a whole new look this year and definitely have a little bit of that toughness. I mean, right now we also still have Zach Cassian, who is on a professional tryout with the team, and he certainly brought that too. Well, Live Hushkin's one of the, the best open ice hitters. With him and Gudis, you better have your head mm-hmm. on a swivel because those guys, uh, <laughs> we've seen them rock guys before, and I, I think that, that itself can be an advantage on a team. You mentioned Cassian. What do you think the chances are that he signs a contract and sticks with the team? Well, I think in his case, it's certainly a good sign that he's still here. Uh, I think that there there is a good chance. I, he's looked pretty good in the preseason play, and obviously uh, the organization likes him, and that's why he's still here. So I think that he does have a good shot at getting uh, getting signed here. Now, you mentioned Leo Carlson, young player, you know, just drafted, 
And I'm a big believer that, man, teenagers in the NHL, it's far and few, uh, few and far between who have success. As a, heck, Leon Dreisel's a Hart Trophy winner. He wasn't in the NHL at 19. It's hard to do. Well, you know, Pat Verbeek knows the league very well. Do you think ultimately they're going to be patient? Like, is Carlson maybe going to get a few games, but then obviously maybe they don't want to ruin his uh, first year of entry-level deal, so he'll go down after nine? What, what's kind of your expectations for him? Because they are very young, and adding more youth – usually doesn't lead to more success right away. Yeah, I think that Verbeek and Cronin are kind of on the same page that development takes time and you have to be patient as much as you want to rush into it and get get some of these younger guys up at the NHL level. You have to be patient. And that's something that both of them have even recognized with us. So I would expect Leo to, you know, maybe get a couple games in Anaheim. Uh, it's really hard to say that that he would stay up with the Ducks this season. Um, I mean, he's played well in the preseason games that he's been a part of. He's looked really good in training camp. But I think that there is that sense of, okay, we need to be patient with him like we have been with a lot of our other prospects and just kind of take it as it is for now and then see, you know, what direction we want to go with it. And uh, Alexis goaltending, of course, uh, I don't care now. Hey, um, the last few years in Anaheim, Judd Gibson's he's faced a lot of rubber. There's no question about that. Yeah. Um, you know, there was some Aussie even chatter that maybe he wanted to get dealt. Obviously, that didn't uh, that didn't go anywhere. Uh, when you look at it, uh, he's obviously the starter. Is Staylock going to be the backup? How close is is that uh, battle for the backup in Anaheim in your eyes? You know, I think that's an area that is really not being talked about as much right now here in Anaheim. Lukas Dostal and Alex Daylock are the two battling I, I see in, in that backup position right now. Uh, Dostal has looked really sharp in some of these preseason games, and I think he has an actual case, you know, to be that backup. But uh, bringing in a guy like Staylock that has so much experience at the professional level over a, a number of years, you got to imagine that he's feeling that pressure too to make sure that he gets that that backup position uh, behind Gibson but I, I think it's close I really do it, that's something I've, I've been keeping my eye on but uh, Dostal is getting a lot of minutes on the ice in this preseason play and he's looked good I know he played on Sunday in Arizona uh, you know had a cu- couple pucks go in the net that wasn't you know necessarily the best but um, you know he, he's getting a lot of reps and I, he's feeling a lot more confident and when I talked to him about the summer training that he took part in he actually shared with me that he did some gymnastics training which I thought was really interesting for a goaltender so I, I think that he's kind of ready mentally but obviously Staylock has a lot more uh, experience at the professional level so it's going to be interesting to see what shakes out there and lastly Alexis uh, you mentioned uh, the 30-year anniversary of course uh, the, the Ducks uh, Canadian fans will say you know what it's the Ducks fault that Canada's never won a, a championship because since they've entered the uh, NHL, Canada hasn't won. Of course, the last one was in 1993. Uh, you know, the, the Mighty Ducks originally, now it's just the Anaheim Ducks, of course, uh, winners of the Stanley Cup in 2007. Had a lot of really good years with Getzlaff and Perry, etc. Um, what's the 30th year going to be like? Uh, what, what are some of the, the unique things uh, that you expected to see throughout the year for Ducks fans? Well, the first being that jersey that we released at the NHL draft. Uh, the guys are actually really excited to be wearing it. We're going to be wearing it a lot this year. I think it's 16 games, I believe, something around that number. Okay. Uh, there's going to be some legacy nights, three legacy nights, Paul Korea, Tamu Solani, uh, and then what we're calling basically the future night, looking ahead to the future. 
So that's going to be something that's really cool. A lot of alumni will be around for those nights. It, it, there's just there's a lot going on. It's hard to remember all the things that we have planned, but I know the legacy nights are a big thing that the Ducks are going to be promoting this season. And uh, there might also be a purple carpet this year at opening night instead of that normal uh, orange carpet. Oh, all right. Now, you, you mentioned <laughs> the 16 games. Uh, is that going to be some road games as well? And, and do you know which games it is? Because I assume, like, to me, I'd want them on the road because that because not all your fans can go to the home games. And it gets to see them. Plus, there's lots of people who are fans of the Mighty Ducks because of the movie franchise, of course. So mm-hmm. are, are, are half of those games or, or a certain number of those 16 games going to be on the road? You know, I haven't actually seen the games that we're wearing, like the list of the games that we're wearing them for. Okay. Um, so I, I can't promise you that. I, I don't know the actual answer to that question, but... I do know that we are wearing them for quite a number of games. Awesome. Well, uh, hey, that's 20% of the games if it's 60, uh, 16. So it should be good. Uh, Alexis, thanks for joining us. Uh, continued success. Enjoy the palm trees. Thank you so much. There you go. That is uh, pre and post game host for the Ducks, Alexis Downey and uh, Anaheim May. They get Zeger signed. I actually don't mind that deal. Honestly, I, I think there's upside for both sides. You know, hey, he gets seventeen million. Trevor Zegers going to be fine, and if he crushes it the next three years, then he's going is in tune for a huge race. Meanwhile, you, you look at him, and you know he's a sixty point guy, so five point seven five. You know what? There's there's a really good chance that Anaheim can get some decent value on this contract for them, and then if he does crush it. You sign an eight-year deal that takes him right up until he's 32. Then his next contract will begin at 33, and there's much better chance that you don't have to lock him in long-term at that age than you would at 30. I mean, maybe you get a four-year deal at that point. Much better. Quick break. We'll get to a Connor Halley Sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering, specializing in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs go to b-i-e-e-n-g.com here's connor Hill. hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part they're all about safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.